0: I'm really excited about this morning, but I have to say at the same time, I really, um, I really feel the weight of this message, if that makes sense, and maybe it will once we get into this. Um, if there ever was a season that we need to hear from God, it's today. Are you with me? Yeah. If there ever was a time that you need to have the ability to press past all the distractions, all the stuff, all the bad news, all the irritation. It's now. And if you have the inability to do that, your life is not going so well. Let's just be honest. Can you put that, you got the title. I want to talk to you this morning about What God has really dropped in my spirit, and I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt, this is what he wanted me to talk about today, is give us eyes to and ears to, and we're not talking about the natural stuff. We're talking about the ability as sons and daughters to be able to rise above the noise, to rise above the news, and to get a word from God. You and I, as saints, as being born again, when Jesus was on the cross and was nailed, and when it was finished, the Bible says, the veil was torn. Do you remember that? The veil represented the place where only the holies of holies was and where only the priests could go. you remember that in the Old Testament? You had to be special. You had to be, go through a process. You better not go into the holies and holies wrong. Or you didn't come back out, by the way. That's why they tied a rope to your ankle. That's why the priest had a bell. If the bell stopped jingling, you probably didn't make it. You probably didn't do things right. But that veil was torn, and the awesome thing about that is we now have access, do we not? to the throne of God and if that still doesn't excite you and get you pumped up then I'm sorry I don't know else to say this morning I've been walking this journey for 40 years and so many of you heard me talk about that and I can tell you that that last song that we sang I can testify to that and it's not been all easy do you hear me but I can tell you God is good God has been faithful. I've let him down numerous times, he has never let me down. I've disappointed him time and time again, he has never disappointed me. I've blundered, I've bumbled, I've stumbled, and he's always been there. And I'm here to encourage you today, and I wanna talk to you a little bit about how do we rise above the white noise? How do we rise above How do we not get consumed with the cares of the world and press in on us and and rob our joy and rob our hope and rob our excitement for life in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of the government seemingly crushing, crashing in on us? Is that a, a pretty good analogy? How do we do it? Well, God's given us access, and I want to talk to you about that for a few moments, and I hopefully I won't get too sidetracked, because there's a lot of things that really hit me this morning, but I want to stay focused. So, go to Revelations, and I want you to see John Revelator. He's on an island. You remember the story, right? He's all by himself. And if we go to 1-9... It says that he was in the spirit, or one ten It says he was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And he said, I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet. And 11 says, I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. What you see right in the book, and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia. And he goes to the different seven churches and he goes on to say some information. So John has an experience pretty amazing one. Can anybody say amen? Amen. He was faithful. It was the Sabbath. It was the Lord's day. And he's in the spirit worshiping God. And all of a sudden his world is turned upside down. He gets a vision or a glimpse of Christ. And then he says, I want you to write to these seven churches and let them know what they're doing good and not so good. Is that a fair assessment? So he does that. But what I want you to see, how he ends all of these, and I don't need to go to every one of them, but if you look at Revelation 2, 7, 11, 17, 19, or 17, 29, chapter 3, 6, 13, 22, he says this. He who has an ear, let him hear what? what the Spirit of God would say to these churches. John's saying, you don't have to worry about what I'm telling you to do. I'm telling you that the Spirit of God has given me information for your church. But there's some of you that probably are not going to be able to hear this because you don't have an ear to hear it. You're too caught up in the stuff, the grind of life, the, the emotions that crash in on us. The worries, the weights, the bills, the fears, the sicknesses are consuming you. And he says, but you need to have an ear to hear what heaven is saying. And I want to tell you something. Heaven is always speaking to his people and to his church. Can I get an amen? I want to say this so you, there's not this feeling of, of, I don't know, condemnation or guilt. Listen, I understand seasons. So as I kind of unpack this message, I understand that people get in seasons where it's difficult to hear from God. Been there, done that. We all have. So please don't misunderstand what I'm trying to bring forth today. I'm bringing some general truth. So we all go through those seasons. I know that. But I'm telling you, he's a good father, and he likes to talk to his kids. And you cannot show me in this Bible differently. You can show me difficult seasons. You can show me hard times that people went through. But at the end of the day, God's always communicating to his people. Is that true? He's always talking. He's always encouraging. He's always loving. He's always... Always optimistic. It always ends on a high note, not on a low note. And my God, all we hear is the bad and the ugly and the difficult right now. And we still serve the God of the universe. And we've, had, we've been so thrown into the midst of noise and chatter and all of this, we have the inability to have spiritual discernment like the sons of Issachar. Give me some sons of Issachar that discerned their time and rose above all the stuff that was happening and they had an ear to hear what God was speaking in that hour. We don't need another government official to tell us what to do, how to do, when to do, where to do, and what to do. My God, we need a God to tell us what we need to do and how we need to live and how we need to love and how we need to forgive. Can I get an amen? Amen. My God, give me an ear, God. In this hour, I've been crying out to him daily. Give me an ear to hear what you're speaking to me today. Not all the other stuff that's trying to take my joy my hope. in the promises that God's given me. So John the Revelator sees. His eyes were opened. And I'm here to tell you that. God speaks in many different ways. He speaks through people. He speaks through circumstances. And I can go out in my golf cart. And ride down my field. And I look at the leaves and he talks to me. I'm like. You are the greatest artist there ever was or ever will be. Although I did wonder the other day, how come there's not any blue leaves? (laughs) Wouldn't that be cool if there was bright blue leaves? I bet there is in heaven. But there's many ways. I mean, listen, God can speak through a, a, a donkey. Can anybody say amen? So he can use you and me, can he? But today I want to talk about, we've all, been, we've all been that before too, especially prophets. But I want to talk to you today more about how does he communicate to us, spirit, big spirit, to little spirit. And how does he, how do we discern the voice of God in difficult times? How do we rise above the stuff, and get a firm word from God. Men, you want to be a good leader of your family? Start hearing from God. That'll give your wife and your children some confidence. Don't be a know-it-all. Don't think you got it all going on. But hear from God. Be pressing into God. Be praying to God. Be believing for them. We're in a different season, and two of my daughters are going to Liberty. And we've gone down there probably too much. And they're probably like, are you going to stop coming down, Brian? (laughs) But I'll tell you, the cool part of going down there has been able to worship with them at different churches and see where they're at. And I can just tell you that I don't do a whole lot of bragging about my kids, because those parents annoy me badly sometimes, right? But I love when I get to go places with them And I see them worship. Not just. Worship. And then I see them get out their Bibles and they start taking notes even better than me. Can anybody say amen? Amen. And pressing into God. Because listen, we need to hear from God in this hour. Amen? Amen. So go to John 10. And I want you just to lay a quick foundation. And then we're going to start out with John the Revelator. We're going to end with Isaiah the prophet. They all had, they all saw some stuff and it changed them. And they heard some stuff too. The Gospel of John 10. Most of you know this. I'm sure you you know it. 1 through 5 talks about Jesus being the true shepherd. And he talks about in verse four, that when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and his sheep follow him for they know his voice. And if we move on to John 1, um, 27, same thing. My sheep, what? Hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. We have to have the confidence that the good shepherd is taking care of his sheep and he wants to give us the ability to follow after him and to hear his voice and not to follow the voice of a stranger in this hour. Not with weird enticing doctrine, not with enticing whatever it is, but my sheep. Know my voice. I mean, I know that you've probably heard me say this a million times, but maybe somebody hasn't. I was always amazed when I heard this, that the, who has some money? The counterfeit. I'll never forget the first time I heard this, because I was completely wrong. They say that those that are in the counterfeit business, if I was the person to originate this and have a counterfeit task force, what I would have done is I would have get brought out every counterfeit bill ever made and say, check these out, how they did it, how they produced it, the texture, the feel. They don't do that. All they have them do is examine the real thing. They know the $20 bill inside and out, every portion of it. Every part of it, every crevice, how it feels, how it... You want to know why? Because when the false comes along, they know what the real is like. And there's an instantaneous understanding of that's false. That should be the same thing with us and our God. Man, once you've gone through this journey for 40 years, and you fall in love with the God of the universe... Man, when a false God or doctrine comes along to try to sway you and get you off the mark, there should be something that rises up in you and says, this is not my God. This is not the right voice that's speaking to me. Can anybody say amen? Amen. But there's a voice of truth and God desires and Jesus desires that he's the good shepherd, that we are the sheep and we hear his voice and we follow it. Can I just tell you, if you do that, everything's going to be all right. Isn't that make it really simple? Listen, I'm not very smart. My wife's smarter than me. Sophie claims she's smarter than me. Probably true, Brian. (laughs) Chloe, they probably all are. So I need to have it real simple. And whenever I'm really going through a difficult time in my biblical walk or my Christianity In my personal life I just begin to simplify things again I uncomplicate this book if little children could understand the gospel of Jesus Christ then I hope that I can too can anybody say amen Amen. so Jesus wants us to know that he's the good shepherd that he speaks to us so let me ask you a question and let's just be honest so why do we struggle to hear God's voice or to see, huh? We don't, have ears. we don't have ears to hear. Let me throw a couple of generic truths out there, but they're good. If you get a chance, read Galatians. You know that one, the whole battle between the flesh and the spirit, right? Galatians says, if we live in the spirit, we'll walk according to the spirit. We won't get caught up with all the, the stuff, the temptations, the emotions, the the, the natural things that is so easy to sway us. We're emotional people, are we not? And God's given us emotions, so we can't deny that. And we can't, some of you men are saying, oh my God, my wife's emotional. <laughs> Don't look at her right now. <laughs> she will smack you. <laughs> Sometimes you women do have a tendency to get a tiny bit more emotional. Not always, just sometimes. But we are emotional. And God's given us emotions, and so we can't deny that. We should enjoy that, every range. But at the end of the day, they, that's not what we live by. When you ask me, what is it? What, what takes away? What distracts you? Man, it's my emotions. When I get jacked, when I get irritated, when I get angry, when I get... Frustrated, and I get often this this going this direction, I can't hear from God. I'm off. How about you? You' ever been there so part of the struggle is is that is the just the cares of this world and just all the stuff that's bombarding us, and so how do we overcome that? How do we like I would like to say, you know the lord's prayer says. We're supposed to pray your kingdom come and your will be done. To me, what that's talking about is is us learning daily to bring heaven into our lives so that we can hear and we can see the way he wants us to that day. So that all the other stuff that we know is going to hit us is pushed to the side and yet we can hear and we can see thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. How in the world are you ever going to know what the will of God is in your life that God just said that you're supposed to know if you can't hear and you can't see? Frustrated Christians, you want to know why many Christians are miserable and frustrated? Because you don't know what God's called you to do. And you've had an inability to be able to hear and to see clearly at times. We all have. But I'm telling you, Once you begin to hear and once you begin to see and once that veil is torn away and God reveals some things to you, man, do things change in your life. And I'm going to give you just a couple of practical things that the Lord has done to my life that over the 40 years it has worked. There's many different things, but I'm here to tell you the number one thing for me is this. And you can see this throughout scripture. If we had time, we could go to 20, 30, 40, 50 passages. We did it this morning. Where's AJ? Is he in the house? Why do we worship AJ? Why do we start out the service and here we go again? Worship God and raise your hands and... You know, and you're like, oh my God, let's just get this thing over and let's get to the word and let's, you know, I'm just, it's <sighs> so not in the freaking mood to worship today. <laughs> well, that's a real good attitude for you. Can I tell you there's many days I'm not in the mood? Are you? A sacrifice of praise. And that's when you decide to tell yourself, get in alignment, it's worship time. Because you want to know what worship does for you and me? It brings clarity. It brings vision. It brings hope. Your ears begin to become open to the spiritual arena. You can come in the most grumpy, irritated person ever. Let's be honest. You're fighting with the kids and fighting with the wife and said a couple cuss words before church. I know that's not you. I'm preaching to the wrong crowd. And AJ says, come in and worship. Yeah, I don't want to. It's just, not in the mood and I don't feel good. And you're like, but I know I should. Or we come out to a Monday night worship service. And you, you, you start. And nothing seems to happen, right? Come on. First song in, it's flat. It's not them that's flat. By the way, it's you. Second song, it's getting a little better. And all of a sudden, what was that third song that we sang? One of my favorite. It's all about you, Jesus. And that song melts me. And all of a sudden, you begin to sing out of your heart. It's all about you. It's not about me. You've been good to me all the days of my life. There's no God like you. And now you're starting to get in. And now you close your eyes and you don't care anymore about the irritations. You don't care about the bills. You don't care about your kids irritated you. You don't care about Monday morning work. All of a sudden, you're worshiping the creator of the universe. And he's wrapping his arms around you. And he's loving on you. And he's caressing you. And he's speaking words of affirmation and hope. And all of a sudden, clarity begins to come. It looked bad. It looked horrible. But everything's going to be all right. It's the disciples in the boat. And Jesus is sleeping. And the storm is coming. And they're all freaking out. And he just gets up. And he said, what is wrong with you guys? I'm the son of God. Do you really think we're going to drown? If I'm in your boat, it's going to be all right. And I love this part. I don't think, I mean, Jesus was loud sometimes like me. Here, I think he was really soft. And he gets up and he says, peace be still. It's calm, like glass. And the disciples are, man, are we ever going to get this thing? I'm just here to tell you something. If you're struggling with hearing and seeing, I encourage you to work on your corporate worship and your private worship. It's just you and me here now and there's nobody else in the room and you begin to unpack and you begin to worship the creator of the universe and you begin to cry out and you begin to get on your hands and knees and you begin to confess and all of a sudden the spirit of God just begins to flood your heart And he begins to speak to you and he begins to reveal things to you and he begins to encourage you And all of a sudden your spiritual sentences are are heightened. And now you can hear and now you can see because you took time to push back the outer courts and to enter in to the holies of holies. Take me back past the outer courts into the holy place, past the brazen altars. Lord, I want to see your face. Take me past the crowds of people. That's the kind of worshipers that he's after. And you want to see breakthrough in your life? That's what it's all about. And I'm here to tell you that when that's in order in my life, and my worship is right, my ears are right, and my eyes are right. When my worship is no no good, and I don't have time, and I'm distracted, and I'm busy, 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 I'm not hearing and I'm not seeing the way God wants me to see. Are you getting something out of this? One of my greatest examples is I love David. And I wish we knew more about his story when he was a young child by himself. I wish there was more written about him when he was all alone on the backside of the desert. You see, I don't think that it wasn't just the day that Samuel comes and pours the anointing over David and his whole family realizes he's the real deal. That thing started so many more years ago. When nobody was looking, little David was loving on God. He was caught up with his harp and dancing in the fields like an idiot. God was speaking to him and showing him things and revealing things. Nobody else knew. Nobody else saw. His dad didn't even give him the opportunity to to be in the presence of the greatest man of God in the land. Can you imagine that? He knew he was coming into town. And Jesse said, all the boys can come. All the family should come because they might be the ones. But little David, you're definitely not the one. Nice dad. You go get busy with what you do with the smelly sheep. I wonder how Jesse felt when Samuel says, is this it? (laughs) None of these boys are working out. They look good, but they ain't got the goods, right? Oh, yeah, we forgot. There's this one other little ruddy, handsome boy out in the field. He plays with the sheep. He's annoying. Call for that one. You know, the brothers are like, oh my God, not David. Please don't let it be David. So here he comes. And I love it. See, God rewards openly what you do in secret. All the years of pouring out his heart when nobody was seeing, of him being intimate with this God, now in front of his family, it comes. From a man that never missed God, by the way, never prophesied a false word. And he anoints him to be the next king. That's because David had his stuff in order. Can anybody say amen? amen. And by the way, it's what kept him. Right? It kept, it's what kept him through that circle of chaos in his life. He didn't have all these good times. But he always had his God, and he always kept worshiping. Can anybody say amen? Amen. Matter of fact, Saul hated him. But man, he knew he had it. So he'd be like, call the boy. I can't take it. I'm being tormented by this tormenting spirit. Here comes little David with his heart. And the heavens open up. And Saul's like, I can't stand this boy, but he brings down heaven. So what am I supposed to do? Well, he'd get irritated, push him out, call him back again. Listen, David had the goods. Can anybody say amen? amen? Worship cancels out all the noise and distractions. It causes us to rise above all the stuff that is pulling us down or away from God. Plain and simple. We won't go there, but Psalms 91 is a great picture of abiding in the presence of God. You want to know why fear was diminished in 91 and why disease was destroyed and why? Because he's trying to teach us something. When you abide in the presence of God and your worship is strong, those are the results. Does that make sense? Let's end on this and I want to pray for a little bit. Go to Isaiah 6. This is a very interesting passage. All of you have read this before. This is the prophet Isaiah. And this is interesting because remember, this is chapter 6. 1 through 5, Isaiah is not idle. If you read, he's prophesying to uh, Israel and to Judah and all sorts of things are happening, right? But watch what happens. Isaiah 6, 1. It says, in the year that King Uzziah died, what happened? I I saw the Lord. The prophet, sitting high on a throne, lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above us stood the seraphim, which one had six wings, and two covered his face with the two and covered his feet, and with the two he flew. Verse three. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the doors were shaken by the voice of him who cried out. And the house was filled with smoke. And Isaiah said, Isaiah said, Woe is who? Israel? Judah? Woe is me, for I'm undone, because I'm a man. Of unclean lips. The, the man that was just prophesying, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. The prophet Isaiah is prophesying accurately the word of the Lord. Understand that. King Uzziah dies, all of a sudden, by the Spirit of God. He is transported into a worship service in heaven. Would anybody like to see that? I would get jacked right now if I could see that. And it says, I saw these things. They're crying, holy, holy, holy. And the posts are shaken. And the power of God fills the room. And Isaiah will never be the same again it says i'm a man of unclean lips and i need to get right before god do you, let me ask you something what changed he did. he did but he saw he saw he got a glimpse of heaven and what was happening there and instantaneously his perspective has changed Remember I said and we're going to worship. I'd like to do that that song that I talked about if we could. This is what I want to do today. I want you to forget about where you're at and who you're around. And maybe you've never really got caught up in worship. Today's a day to get caught up in worship. Today's a day to see Today's the day to hear what God would want to speak to you. How many believe that he can do that? I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that he wants to sweep over this church today. And he wants to open our spiritual eyes. And he wants to open our spiritual ears. So let me pray. Stand up. We're going to sing this song. And please, you do what you want. You can come to the altar. You can, um, you can stay where you're at. What's your name? Yeah. What is it again? Could you go up here just really quick? I won't embarrass you. The word of the Lord to you is God's got you right in the center of his hand. I saw you. God said she needed a word. She's hurting and broken and lonely. And I'm telling you, the season of loneliness is about ready to end. You made the right choice. It was a difficult choice. But this morning, affirmation comes, and love comes. In the love of the Father you will fully comprehend in this next season of your life security you've always longed for and security always was out of your grasp but this day do you hear me I affirm that I'm proud of you I'm proud of my daughter standing before me in this church you're gonna make it raise your hands real quick I'm gonna pray for you father this is your daughter today, and she is symbolic of many of us. But today, just like God likes to do, you, need, you knew she needed a word. You knew she needed an extra touch of your love and affirmation. So I'm praying today that you would infuse her with your love, that you would give her ears to hear and eyes to see what you want to show her. In the future is bright. It's not dark. It's not dismal. And I break loneliness and insecurity. And we speak the Spirit of God to invade her every move. Father, fill her with your Holy Spirit and your joy. In Jesus' name, I love you. Father, we just, right now, we prepare our hearts for worship. God, I'm asking you for those that need to hear from you, need to see that you're a God that desires to communicate with us. Unstop our ears. Let discernment of God's voice come in this place. As we get lost in worship. As we cry out our hearts to you. God, right now I break every distraction, every care, every worry, every lie. that's tried try to rob, steal, and kill, and destroy from your people. And we pray for a spirit of hope and love and affirmation to come in this place. In truth to penetrate. So I want you to worship like you've never worshiped today. Will you do that for me? I want you to forget about who's next to you. I don't care if you have a good voice or a bad voice. Let's cry out to God for a few moments. Come on, get lost in His presence. There is nothing like the presence of God.
1: Take my life, lay it down At the feet of you whose crown Take my life, let go Lift it up to you whose crown Let's go back and sing that verse again. Come on, let's worship Take my life. Take my heart, I lay it down at the feet of you whose crown. Take my life, I'm letting go, I lift it Worship. Worship. you and me here. Come on. Just you and me here now. Just you and God. It's only you and me here now. It's just you and me It's only you and me here now. It's just you and me here now. Oh, there's nothing like it. It's only you and me singing. I will worship. Come on, and I will worship.
0: Nobody else is in the room. It's only you and me here. Now. Just me and my God. just you and me Just dancing now. with the Savior of the universe. It's only you and me here. Now. He's wrapping his arms around you.
1: It's just you and me here. He's
0: loving on his kids.
1: It's only you and me here. He's encouraging now. us. It's just you and me here. Thank you, Jesus. It's only you and me here. Now. Father, just we pray. you and me here. Now. As they
0: continue to play, it's only you Father, I just pray that you would seal this word. I pray that this week that we would worship you corporately, but individually. We we'll would press in. To worship in our private time, and we would get above the white noise and the chaos and the clutter and the worries and the doubts and the fears. And, oh God, we would hear from you when the storm are raging. We will hear a voice from heaven. Peace be still. So, Father, today we seal this word. I pray, God, the enemy. Would be broken and defeated in every area of our lives. We pray these things in Jesus' name.